Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hello, we're back with Ayers on the Road. We have not been on the road at all. We have been on the road at Bear Lake, dirt roads, um, gravel roads. <laughs> Family reunions, kids coming in and going. It's been wonderful and we've been talking last week about grandparenting and we mentioned our little story that uh, we were going to write a book on grandparenting, grandmas and grandpas. Let's talk about it all together. And we decided not to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did for sure. We decided it was so different. You kept saying, come on down, come on, put your tablets in here. And I said, no, that's not going to work. Uh, grandmothering is so different than grandfathering. So, We've got to do two different ones. So last week, as those of you who listened in know, we talked about grandmothering. This week we're talking about grandfathering. But if you're a parent and not a grandparent, don't tune out because a lot of what we're talking about today is the teamwork that parents and grandparents right. can get involved in. And how it affects your parenting. I mean, right. there are so many things that grandparents can do to help and not get in the way. So if you're a grandparent, listen in terms of maybe some new ideas. If you're a parent, listen in terms of what you might get your parents to do for your kids. Right. And this is a perfect week to do this because you are smothered with grandchildren here. Well, I shouldn't say that because I have to say, well, you're smothered because you're wearing a mask all the time. <laughs> Boy, um, have we been social distancing. We have distancing. been really careful. Um, we've actually been together for two weeks now, most most of us. I mean, some have gone home, but... Um, so we really, think we've made we it. We think we're okay, but we had lots of people tested negative and people were isolated that came otherwise. And so I think we're home free. It was scary to do this, but um, we used every precaution possible. All right, let's talk about grandfathering. What do you think, Linda? You want to kind of interview me? Pretend you're Oprah and I'm on your show. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, I'm close to Oprah. Okay, so first of all, what do you mean by proactive? The name of this book is Being a Proactive Grandfather. What do you mean by that? Well, proactive, I think, means you get involved. You don't just sat, you don't just wait for something to come to you. You don't wait for a need. You try to be involved, but in ways that aren't intrusive and that don't sort of overstep what the parents are trying to do. Um, so... There are a lot of blurbs on this book, for this book, the one on the front especially. So why did you decide to do that? Well, you know, I felt like if, if you were going to reach a, a, most grandfathers I know, uh, you could use sports and you could use business. So on the front of the book, Danny Ainge, our old friend who now runs the Boston Celtics, was nice enough to say this. Our grandkids are the legacy. This book helped us maximize our influence as grandfathers. I thought that ought to pull a few sports fans into the book. And then on the back, our friend Nolan Archibald, who's the retired CEO of Black & Decker, put it this way, why not approach grandfathering with the same drive and determination we put into our careers? This book shows us how. That ought to pull grandparents and grandfathers yeah, grandfathers, in, I think. absolutely. But what do you mean by grand? I mean, grand is a great word, but wow, it covers a lot. Well, and we put it in, uh, we put it in big letters on the cover, and 
technically, um, if you read the dictionary and, and say what does grand mean in grandfathering, it means, or grandparenting, it means one generation removed in ascent. But that's not very exciting. If you read just what grand means, it means magnificent or splendid. And the second definition isn't too bad either, noble or revered. Grand parents, that's what we want to be. We want to be those things. Absolutely. So how important is grandfathering in the macro, in the big picture? Well, you know, first of all, there's, there's now 80 million baby boomers in this country, in the United States. About half of them are grandfathers. Half of them are grandmothers. Well, it's not quite true because there are some that aren't, didn't have children. But basically, in round numbers, there's 40 million grandfathers, 40 million grandmothers. And what can they do to save society? I mean, maybe maybe it's, it's grandparents that are going to save the world because so many couples are both working. And in so many parts of the world, as you know, Linda, it's the grandparents that raise the kids. I'm not yes. suggesting that in America. That's that's unrealistic. But we can do more. Grandparents can be more active and play a bigger role. So, um, what are the options? What different kinds of grandfathers are there? Is there a good and bad kind, or what do you think? Well, I tried to break it down into into four categories. There's disengaged disengaged grandfathering, where you basically have, and you see this a lot, unfortunately. Their attitude is essentially, I raised my kids, and now it's their turn to raise their kids. I'm done. And this is the kind of attitude that might lead someone to downsize and move to Sun City and and get away from kids where it's quiet. That's not a good option. <laughs> well, it's good some days. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> quiet, quiet is helpful. Number two, I call limited grandfathering, and the attitude there is I love them, but I want them in limited doses, and I want them on my terms. So in this model, grandkids are like an amusement park. You go there once in a while to have fun, or or they're like dinner guests. You have them over, and, and then uh, you don't, only when it's convenient. Right. <clears throat> Number three is, I call it supportive grandfathering, and the, the attitude is, my kids need all the help they can get with their kids, and I want to be there for them. So that's getting pretty good. With this approach, you become part helper, part martyr, you sacrifice your own life, you, you try to be at the beck and call of your adult children whenever they need help, and that, that's a little problematic. And then the fourth one, the one we're advocating here, is proactive grandfathering, where the attitude is, my children are the stewards for their children, but I can teach those grandkids some things their parents may not be able to teach. I can be an essential part of an organized three generations family. And I can take my cues from the parents who are the real stewards. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. And it does make a huge difference. So um, legacy is a big word throughout this book. Um, why? Why are you thinking legacy? Well, I think that's, that's the really, that's the key question right there. Um, Maybe, maybe read this little question. <clears throat> Let's think about legacy for a moment. Which would you rather have, a bridge named after you or grandchildren who carry on your name and genetics and live noble, contributing lives that make you proud? 
That's something to think about, isn't it? I mean, you think about legacy and you think, well, did I leave money to someone? Did I get my name on a building? Did I, um, you know, write a book that's still in circulation? Did I, what did I do? What's my legacy? When I'm gone, what'll remain? And of course, the real answer is what? Um, grandchildren. 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 Children and grandchildren. That's the real legacy that we're all really trying to leave. Well, why is this so important? I mean, we have great parents now. It's a new, it's a new age, really. Parents, uh, let's face it, our kids are totally different than our parents were to us. Uh, I mean, we loved them just as much and so on, but they're so proactive. They're so involved with their kids. So why, why is this so important now? I mean, they take the ball and run. Well, read, read this little section and see what you think. Let's react to this together. Surveys show that 72% of baby boomer dads who have grandchildren think being a grandparent is the single most important and satisfying thing in their life. Isn't that interesting on a survey? 72%, and this applies to grandmothers too. I was talking here to, about grandfathers, but they, this is a question where they're asked, what's the most important thing in your life? What's the most satisfying thing in your life? and 72% say they're grandchildren. But thinking that and knowing what to do about it are two different things. Right, exactly. As we reach retirement age, we are the first generation in history with an average of another good 20 to 30 years of life ahead of us. So more than any other granddads at any other time, we ought to be committed to being proactive grandfathers. Let's talk about that for a minute, honey. It's so interesting, the world we live in. I mean, only one generation ago, a lot of grandparents would say, well, I, you know, I just hope I live long enough to see each of my grandchildren get born. Right. I mean, right. you know, because the average age span was maybe in the in the mid 60s or, or late 60s. And, you know, it was just a, I just hope I get to see my grandchildren come into the world. Now, just one or two generations later, we know a lot of grandparents who are saying, I hope I live to see all my grandchildren get married or have a child themselves. I, right. We're now thinking in terms of great grandparenting because we have the blessing of longer lifespans. I'm just the, doing the math in my own mind right now. <laughs> uh, we have twins coming in October. So in maybe 24 years, I mean 23, 24, whenever they get married, 22 to 24, we'll be really old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we'll, we'll be still good. We'll, be, we'll have canes and we'll totter around a little bit. We'll say... We'll get to go to the wedding. Oh, we'll you're getting wedding. married now. We want to... <laughs> could I be in the, in the line? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. But um, they'll say, oh, isn't he cute? Look at him tottering around over there. <laughs> but oh, but here's, the, here's the fascinating thing to me, Linda. And... and in business circles, I see people saying, well, you know, I'm retiring now, right? I'm, I'm 70 years old or I'm 65 or I'm, I'm a reaching retirement age. What am I going to do? Because I'm still pretty healthy and I might have another 10 years, I might have another 20 years. And you, you're reading a lot of articles about second careers and about a lot of worthy things like volunteering and helping in, in various ways in society. But shouldn't the obvious answer be, I've now got time 
I've got time in two ways. I've got time because I'm retiring. I've got time because I'm going to live longer than past generations. I've got time to really make a difference with my family, with my grandchildren. Yeah, I think uh, grandmothers naturally gravitate to their grandchildren to uh, cuddling and ha loving them and cooking with them and doing things with them. And grandfathers don't always naturally gravitate to that. <clears throat> Although we know a lot of fabulous grandfathers. We're not saying that you are, well, you are the very best. <laughs> Trying hard. We know a lot of great grandfathers. Well, we do. And, it's, and what we want to do is, is plant some seeds. And again, if you're a parent listening today, in the second half of the show, we're going to talk about 10 potential things that grandfathers can be involved in, can be doing for their grandchildren. So if you're a grandfather, listen to it and pick the ones you think might appeal to you. If you're a grandmother, maybe you're going to be in a position to think about some of these same things too. And if you're a parent, think about these 10 things as, from, from your standpoint, which of these things would I like my dad to do for my children? Which of these things would be helpful to me and which might be too intrusive because we're going to say over and over again how important it is that uh, that you don't overstep the mark and try to take over the raising of these children. It's the parents who have that responsibility that you want to be a helper. So just quickly, let's just run through these titles so you'll get excited about coming uh, to the second half. Being their one-on-one -on -one friend, being their champion, being a team member and a role player, being the connecting link, being their consultant, being an independent giver, being a secret sharer, being a gatherer, being a financial facilitator, being a world opener. So Not sure we'll get to all that, but we'll it's try. Be fun. Come stay with us, and right after this break, we're going to go through these possible contributions or roles. Dads or in their children's lives. We'll be right back after this break. Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And we're back talking about grandfathering this week after grandmothering last week. I, I do have to say I'm sitting by the world champion grandfather, and you may disagree. With no, that. I try hard, but I, boy, I've got a lot of I've got a long way to go, and I've got to be so careful that I don't get too proactive. You're right, my because you do tend resisting. to be a bit, um, yeah, overwhelming right. sometimes. Okay, um, <clears throat> first of all, let's talk about being. Chapter one is being their one-on-one -on -one friend. One who connects with them individually and who becomes the master of active listening. Well, what I mean by that is we got to be, you, you know, you want to go on individual little grandfather dates with these children. You want to you want to be involved with them on social media. You got to learn to text. You got to learn to Instagram. You got to learn to maybe even need to learn to TikTok. I don't know. And you want to you want to just be sure. That would be all right. You want to just be real sure that you're not. Uh, that you're that you're helping them in ways that they can accept that you're talking their language that you're using the social media that you're involved with them and know what's going on there that's the first one that's kind of obvious okay chapter two being their champion i love that word we are champions for these grandchildren 
And especially grandfathers can do this. Because you can praise them in ways no one else can. I mean, parents are often good at praising and building kids up, but grandparents can be even better at it. I break it down into, into, into age groups. I think for kids under eight, you're like the ringmaster in the circus. You're like, look how great you are. This is fantastic. You right. just build them up. Then when they're between eight and 16, you want to kind of be their buddy. You just want to listen to them in a non-judgmental way, in a way that parents can't. And then as they get over 16, you want to be their consultant. You want to be someone who they know they can come to for advice, but they know that you're not going to cram it down their throat. Well, and just, um, you know, encouraging them in everything that they want to do and um, helping them think of options is just so important. Right. Um, chapter three, being a team member and a role player. Who? Now, wait. One who understands that parents are the coaches and kids are the stars, but one who steps in to play specific needed roles and to fill in where there are voids. Yeah, I love thinking of grandparenting as sort of the fourth stage of parenting. I mean, you know, we've always talked about being a parent. You, you've got preschoolers where you're trying to teach them joy. You've got elementary age where you're trying to teach responsibility. You've got teenagers and adolescents where you're trying to teach them empathy and sensitivity. The fourth stage is you're an empty nest parent. The kids are gone and you are becoming a a grandparent and what you want to do is accept that role and be sure that you're not on either end of the spectrum that the grandparents who 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 get who, who really lose their families are the ones who are they're either so arbitrary they say you have to do this and this and this or I won't help you and we've seen some awful examples of that we ran into one guy who said, you're not in my will unless you have a temple recommend. I mean, things that were just awful as far as <clears throat> judging and being arbitrary. But at the same time, you can't abdicate. You can't just not do anything. So you find this middle ground where you're welcomed by the parents, where you're working in teamwork with the parents, and you're, you're becoming this person who facilitates and helps. So chapter four, being the connecting link. Now, you may not know what we mean until I read this. One who connects grandkids to their ancestors and shares a family narrative that can build their larger identity and ensure their resilience. What a, what a fascinating role for both grandpas yeah, and grandmas absolutely. to play. You are the link. Think of it as a tree. And, you know, your branches are your children and the, the, the branches that grow out from those branches are your grandchildren. But you're the trunk and you're the one that can best connect those children on those little branches back down to their roots. Be sure they know your, your parents, their grandparents. Be sure they know your grandparents, their great-grandparents, and so on. And, and we love that. And you're better at it than I am, honey. But... If kids grow up with these stories of their ancestors, particularly their grandparents, great-grandparents, and great-great-grandparents, they become resilient because they know what those people were able to do, and they know they've got their blood in their veins. Absolutely, and there are so many valuable things that our grandparents, that our parents gave us, and we do need to pass it on. In fact, um, this is just a little aside, but I've had all my kids memorize grandkids memorize uh, something that my mother said 
which is really meaningful to them. And um, it's, when, but when you master the seemingly impossible, do you mind if it is? No, I love this. But when this you, is, well, let me just build you up a little. At this recent family reunion, you know, Linda always tries to teach the grandkids some things to memorize, and sometimes it might be a scripture or a saying, or you did Shakespeare. some Shakespeare this year and so on. But the one the kids all were quoting, and even as they left the reunion, was the quote you had to memorize from your mother, from their grandmother, and it's a beautiful from quote. From her journal, from and her it's journal. kind of become our, our family scripture for, for my mother, because she was a fantastic person. And it goes like this, but when you master the seemingly impossible, it does something for your very character that lodges there and changes the way you look at life and makes the next impossible thing that much easier. That's a beautiful quote. And uh, she is, she was the personification of that. Anyway. Well, and so, but again, that, that's, this is such an important one, this role of being the connecting link. Create this family narrative. Some of you are working on your family history. Try to write parts of it in children's language. Pull some things out of your own memories that are little bedtime stories for your grandchildren that are about your parents and your ancestors. We've got one called The Cat That Came Back about a Swedish grandfather. We've got one about uh, uh, the, the being honest when you have a car wreck. We've got all these funny little stories that really that our kids love their ancestors. Okay, so uh, the next one, being their consultant. One who listens and lifts and helps them set and reach their own goals. I think grandparents need to understand the difference between being a manager and a consultant. Parents are the managers of their little children. They have to be. They have to discipline them. They have to do a lot of things that managers do. Consultants, though, are more interested in helping a person reach their own goals. So as grandparents, we should know all we can about the passions, the gifts, the desires, the hopes of our grandkids, and we should let them know, we're, hey, we're just there to help you reach those goals. We want to be your helper. We want to help you become who you want to be. All right, Linda, we've run out of time and there's more to talk about, but the bottom line is be proactive as a grandparent. It's so rewarding, but be careful to do it in concert with the parents. We wish you the very best and we'll talk to you again next time on Irish Underworld. Bye-bye.